Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. DIY means sawdust, work gloves, and the right tools. But at the Home Depot, the right tools means more than hammers and saws. It means a mobile app with built in image search. That's a tool. Access an entire rental department with a swipe. That's another tool. For any project, start to finish, this isn't just DIY. This is doing like never before. This is the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Download our mobile app to get started. Tiger fans, welcome to episode 207 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of all future episodes. Apple Podcast listeners, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. My special guest today is the voice of Alcorn State Athletics and the host of the head coach Fred McNair show, Mr. Charles Edmond. Welcome to Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Hey, how you doing? I'm glad to be on with you. I'm doing well. Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate this. No problem. All right. A huge, huge game coming up Saturday. One of the most anticipated games between these two teams in recent memory. And there's probably no one who can tell us more about this Alcorn State team than you. And we want to hear all about it. But first, I want to go back to the spring. We got to go back to the spring because much was made about Alcorn deciding to opt out of the spring season. There was a lot of talk, a lot of varying opinions around the SWAC. So what was it like from your perspective for the players, the staff, fans, and people like yourself to have to watch SWAC football being played without Alcorn? Yeah, it was definitely different. I mean, you know, the decision that uh, the university made not to play in the spring, it did, it did definitely was an eye-opener for sure. Um, but it was a decision that, that needed to be made. Head coach Fred McNair made it clear that we were prepared to play in the spring, and uh, he, stood, he stood firm on it. The university did. And it was different just watching some of the games, you know, throughout the spring, uh, watching Jackson State and Edward Waters and Jackson State being in Grambling for the first time, I think it was eight years uh, at Grambling. And so it was, it was different. It was strange. But I understood, you know, from this side of the fence, I understood why. And I was at, you know, some of the spring practices and even the spring scrimmage that we had uh, in, in the spring just to get ready for the fall. But it was, it was definitely strange and it was different not to play in the spring. It's just to see how the SWAC season played out. 
you know, with Alabama A&M winning it. So you mentioned you were at some of those practices. So what was the mood of the team overall? Was it spirited? Was it kind of the deflated attitudes knowing that they're practicing and not able to play or was it, it seem like business as usual? Oh, it was business as usual. I mean, it was, it's, you know, most teams, you know, would be playing, would be, uh, would have a spring practice anyway. So it's, mm-hmm. it was typical spring. You know, if you just took the games that were being played out of it, it was typical spring practice. Um, nothing different. The players didn't really talk about it. Even I asked Coach McNair about it not too long ago and just reflecting back on the spring, and he said it was nothing different about it. And so the team just kind of went about their business and getting ready for the fall campaign. So nobody really talked about it. I mean, I, I think everyone understood, and I think the players understood, and really the respect the players have for Coach McNair and making this decision not to play in the spring. I think everyone was just kind of relieved and, ha- and happy that the whole thing was behind us and just get ready in the spring to get ready for the fall. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I, I have to imagine had to be disappointing was not being able to defend the SWAC East title one last time. I'm sure that had to sting. So was that a, a point of conversation going into the season? Did it seem like there was added motivation to to show that, you know, this team was still the champs despite what happened in the spring? Um, no, not really. I mean, it, there was a little bit of conversation about it, but I think once – we got into fall practice. I think the conversation was over. And I think the other thing is the fact that we moved from the uh, east to the west. I think that was the other thing, you know. And so, you know, moving to a new division. Yeah, we we, we left the, the eastern division winning six straight division titles. Yeah, that was tough, you know, because we wanted to defend the east, but we're now in the west. So our focus at that point, you know, in the fall was, you know, trying to win the western division. Mm-hmm. So talk about that move. You know, obviously the SWAC, we welcomed two newcomers to the league, of course, FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. And this addition caused Alcorn to have to make the move over to the West. So how has SWAC life been in year one out in that wild, wild West? Oh, I mean, it's, that's exactly what it is. The wild, <laughs> wild West, for sure. I mean, you know, you talk about the Southerns, you talk about the Gramblings, uh, you talk about the Prairie Views. I mean, it, the West is what it is. It, it, it's wild and crazy and you know, the, the Braves have had really good rivalries with, with the Prairie Views and the Texas Southerns and the Southerns and the Gramblings. So it's, it's just a, a steeper climb to the Western Division Championship because those teams typically year in and year out are part of the Western Championship conversation, the Southerns, the Gramblings, the Prairie Views. And that was the case again. You know, this time it was Prairie View. Southern fell off the wagon. Gramlin fell off the wagon early on. So now it's it's Prairie View's division to lose, and uh, we took care of our business with Prairie View last week. And but the most important thing right now is, you know, for the Braves to take care of business against Jackson State on Saturday to keep themselves alive. Right, right, and it's been an interesting season for Alcorn to say the least. You guys were one of the preseason favorites in the West, but things didn't start out on a good note with the Braves losing out of conference to NC Central, and you know a lot of people counted you out right away. Then there was an impressive early season showing versus a Sun Belt opponent, South Alabama, where you fell short by a touchdown. So it was like you were already kind of seeing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde with this team. And then later in the season, there were the back-to-back losses to Southern and then to a winless Bethune-Cookman team. And I think a lot of people at this point really wrote this team off in the West. But you followed that up with the win against the favorites in the West, as you mentioned, Prairie View, which was ranked at that time in the FCS poll. So talk about the resiliency that this team continues to show when it seems like they're down for the count. Well, our first division, our first game in the Western Division was against UAPB on a Thursday night. 
and we were down 26 to seven at the break. And when all looked lost, we found a way to rally in the second half and win that game 39 to 38. And after that point, you know, a lot of folks thought like, okay, Alcorn is back, even though they're in a, in the Western division, hey, it's the same old Alcorn. We're going to figure out a way to get this thing done. And then we beat Grambling. Then we beat Valley. Even though those were some close wins, they were, they were close in the second half. The Texas Southern game, you know, fairly close in the second half. But then the Southern University game was one that was clearly, we knew it was going to be tough anyway. You know, Southern had, had come off a very frustrating loss the week before to Prairie View, in which they kind of fell apart in the second half. And, you know, Southern trailed five different times going to tie it up. And uh, we lost it in overtime. So, you know, that that was a head scratcher in a sense. And then we go to Bethune-Cookman, a team that was 0-8. But, you know, I've been circling that game for five months in terms of how tough it was going to be, regardless of what our record or regardless of what Bethune-Cookman's record was going to be, just because I just felt like they were going to be a tough matchup. And they were the most teams in the conference. I mean, they, they led Jackson State. Um, they, they lost some games with, you know, with Mississippi Valley and some of the other teams in the conference, they've been playing tough. And I just felt like that was going to be a tough matchup. And we led by 10, three different times in the third quarter and couldn't put them away. And so they made big play after big play and they won the game. And now they've won two in a row against as they play Florida and them this week. So, uh, you know, this is, this is kind of what we expected. We knew every game was going to be tough and that's turned out to be the case. We've had a rash of injuries, though. I mean, not to make excuses, we had a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. And it's a lot deeper than a lot of people might imagine. And even Coach McNair talked about the injuries on his show this week, just how deep we are as we were going into the season. Have have hurt this team, especially on the back end of the defense. So, you know, we're trying to get healthy for this last game. I think we'll be a little healthier this week than than last week, but definitely it, it, it's been tough in the SWAC this year. Some teams up and coming like Valley, like Bethune-Cookman, and of course Jackson State doing what they're doing. I mean, it, it's been quite impressive there. So we knew the gauntlet was going to be tough. We didn't think it would be this tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely tough. And talk about that huge win this past Saturday against Prairie View. It was a seesaw battle, went down to the wire. So how were the Braves able to become the first SWAC team to knock off those Panthers, especially being so injury-riddled? Well, offensively, we really were sharp. I mean, Prairie View, for Coach Dooley's teams at Prairie View, they can score as many points as they want to score. But in years past, their defense has sprung several leaks. This year, they're a lot better defensively. Top three team in a lot of categories on the defensive side of the ball. They have some playmakers on that side of the ball. And, and we were able to exploit them in the first half early in the third quarter, but then, you know, our offense kind of bogged down a little bit. Prairie's offense got going, and they, they made it a two-point game, and they actually had a chance to win the game. And uh, Dooley milked the clock for all it's worth, and the worst thing that could have happened for them, the best thing that could happen for us was a fumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was originally ruled down, but they were, but the officials reviewed it, and the call was overturned due to video evidence. So we were very fortunate And, you know, to win at any sport, you got to be good, especially a team sport. You have to be good. You got to be relatively injury-free, but you got to have a little bit of luck along the way. And I Mm -hmm. would have to say that Sphinx Jinx plus luck helped us win that game Mm -hmm. against Preview and keep our hopes alive. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It, you know, with this team, adversity has just been constant throughout the season, not only on the field, but off the field as well. If you think about the headlines that were made regarding the team not having a full training staff at one point and not being able to practice. And I think Coach McNair has done a masterful job of keeping this team positive and focused and just forward moving amidst all the distraction. How do you think he's been able to do so? I mean, he just I think the one thing that that he does is that he's real with the players. You know, a lot of coaches can blow a lot of smoke sometimes. But with Fred McNair, and I talk to him twice a week, every week during the season, and even just his conversations with his team after practice, he talks, he holds them up after every practice. He looks them straight in the eye and is just real with them. He doesn't pull any punches. And I think that's the one thing that players love about him. I mean, because in order to survive in life, people have to be real with you. Your, your parents got to be real with you. Your coach. And that's how he is. He's real with these kids. He's real with everybody involved. He's real with me every Monday night. And I think that's a, I think people respect him for that. He doesn't pull punches. He doesn't hold back. And I think that's why people really respect him and people play hard for him. And I think that's, you know, that's been the thing. He hasn't talked about the spring. What didn't happen? Mm-hmm. Hey, we roll forward in the spring. We have a spring practice, spring scrimmage, and we get ready for the fall. Injuries or not, whatever the case, in spite of, that's his mantra, in spite of whatever is thrown in front of us negatively, he finds a way to get through those hurdles and, and press on. And that's what we've been able to do. And uh, we're looking to do that again against Jackson State and keep mm-hmm. our hopes alive. Jackson's right. already accomplished one of their goals, which is winning the Eastern Division. And uh, But it's going to be a tough game with over 60,000 in the stands. Mm-hmm. So let's look ahead to the game and let's talk about this all-corn team, starting with the offense. The fifth-ranked offense in the SWAC, averaging 27 points per game. And we all know everything starts with the quarterback, Felix Harper. So talk about his play this season and, most importantly, his leadership and steadiness. Yeah, he's kind of been a quiet leader. And, you know, early in the season, we were kind of worried about the offense a little bit, you know, especially coming out of the, the North Carolina Central game. It was kind of a shock at some of the turnovers that we had early in the season. You know, when you look at the Central game, uh, you look at the Northwestern game, you look at the Pine Bluff game early on in the season, the offense kind of was a little bit of a a challenge. But the last, you know, three games, if you go back to Texas Southern, over 40 points, and if you look at Southern University, 35, then you look at Bethune-Cookman, 31. So, you know, you do the math there. The offense has really been clicking, and Felix Harper has been pretty solid. I mean, Felix Harper had recently a 300-yard passing game against Bethune-Cookman. That's one of his best outings, I think, of the year for him. You know, the numbers haven't been as lofty as they've been in years past with Felix Harper, but I think down the stretch, throwing the football, Felix Harper's been been rock solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you look at it, his touchdown-to-interception ratio is solid. Uh, 19 touchdowns compared to only four interceptions. And talk about those top two targets that he likes to get the ball to, of course, with Charles Springle. And talk about the addition of C.J. Bowler coming from Vanderbilt being the leading receiver and what he's brought to the team. Yeah, Bowler's been something special. You know, and against Southern, he had a one-handed touchdown catch that made the highlight reels on social media. I mean, Bowler's been been the guy. You know, with Charles Springle, and I talked with him Today, as a matter of fact, he's going to be on our pregame show. And he admitted that this was not one of his better years. And he's brutally honest with himself. Hasn't been one of his better years. And he, he, he talked about it. Uh, I do think teams have really focused in on him. I mean, because he had a really good rapport with Felix Harper two years ago in 19 when he came off the bench against New Mexico State. 
and he had a really good rapport with uh you know with Latrell Pringle. But I think this year teams have been kind of honing in on him and you know let the Juan Anthony's beat him and, and others. But Bowler as, as well as Latrell Pringle have done a rock solid job in, in protecting Felix Harper, catching the football. And you know, Latrell Pringle had 114 yards and a touchdown against Preview, including a, a big 57 yarder. Uh, against Preview. So I, I think he's getting lathered up here late in the season, and he hopes this is not his final game as a Brave. Mm-hmm. And you talk about teams honing in on him. Another player that I'm sure all teams have been honing in on is Nico Duffy because he came into the season with high expectations, and uh, he hasn't disappointed. So talk about his play as well. Oh, no, he has not. I mean, Nico came in with a stretch of uh, at 1.4 straight 100-yard games. You know, he's been kind of banged up a little bit, but he's getting healthier. Um, and, you know, it's going to be kind of a two-headed monster in the backfield on Saturday with Nico Duffy as well as Stafford Anderson. Uh, Stafford Anderson has been rock solid. He was hurt early in the season, missed three games with a knee injury. But you can tell the last few games, Southern University, Bethune-Cookman, Craveview, got to get in his leg. So, you know, Nico Duffy is kind of the 1B, but Stafford Anderson definitely the 1A in the backfield. And if you look at this defense that the Alcorn will be facing, Alcorn hasn't seen a defense like Jackson State, at least not in the swag this season. Coach McNair talked about the importance of them matching Jackson State's physicality up front. How has that offensive line for Alcorn held up against the more physical opposing defensive lines they, that they face this season? I think every defense in the, in the league this year has been, has been pretty good, to be honest. I think offensively, we just kind of found our rhythm late in the season. Um, you know, you look at Southern, you, you look at Bethune. I mean, they've had some close losses and some low-scoring games. So, you know, their defense is held up. Southern's defense is held up. I think we've just been able to, to make plays. And, yeah, I mean, against Jackson State, you're going to have to be on our A game. Can't turn the football over. I mean, you look at the Southern game, Jackson was down 10, and all of a sudden the defense put the clamps on, and that was it. The offense was able to rally and, and win the game in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, this definitely is going to be one of those games in which you, you got to have it on point. you got to be able to run the football. you got to be able to run the football. And that's something that the Braves have done differently than other teams in the league. You know, I, I've said this all year. Teams in the conference have a tendency to abandon the run when it doesn't work, when it's not working. The Braves stay with the run even when it's not as productive because you have to. You just can't be one-dimensional and sling it all over the yard because then when you throw the football, three things happen. Two of them are not good. (laughs) So I think when you look at it, the Braves stay with the run, regardless if it's productive, they're going to still find a way to run the football. Even the little, the little, you know, bubble screens and other things that, that can happen that can at least get these running backs going a little bit, you know, but they stay with it. And I think that's going to be the key because Jackson state's going to be aggressive. You know, you've got all these, you know, these transfers, you got these four and five stars that are out there on defense that are that are really ball hawks and really are, are really really good, and I think we're going to have to be on it if if we're going to be able to beat this Jackson State team. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I also want to talk about the Alcorn State defense before we let you get out of here. A defense that's ranked fourth in the SWAC, giving up twenty six points per game. Now when I look at it, one thing that stands out is that they only have fifty six tackles for loss this season with nine sacks and five interceptions. Now, if you compare that to 2019, they finished that season with 107 tackles for loss 
31 total sacks and 23 interceptions. Going back to 2018, they had 129 tackles for loss and 52 sacks. So that's a huge drop off this season, which to me suggests that their pass rush has taken a step back from years past. Would you say that's a fair assessment or are those numbers misleading? Um, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment, and I think the reason is obviously injuries. You know, we uh, up until last week, we probably hadn't had a solid or consistent off defensive line start all season, and I mm-hmm. think even last week we had a couple of guys back that that were out for some time. So again, defensively, you know, up front is where we can get our pressure. We got some young kids on the back end that that were playing. That that's getting some reps, but clearly, you know, a couple of years ago when we had all those sacks, we won an award for the most sacks I think in the FCS hmm. of that season. And so it's been different, but it's been injury filled as well. So you know, we're trying to get healthy, and hopefully, we'll get some of these guys back for this week uh, against Shadour Sanders and his mm-hmm. high-powered offense. I mean, for me, you know, and I look at the whole the JSU dynamic and what Coach Sanders has done. In my mind, they're, they're kind of a year ahead of schedule. When I'm looking at this year with this team, I was expecting to see next year. Because let's let's be honest, when you have a freshman quarterback, and we've seen now three freshman quarterbacks, Bo Nick Grambling, Body of Texas Southern, and now Shadour Sanders, you know, you just don't expect the lofty numbers because there's growing pains involved with learning that position. It's just being at the next level, the game's a lot faster. But you've seen quality play from Bowden and Body of of those teams, Texas Southern and Grambling respectively. And what Shadur Sanders is doing is, 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 is incredible. And he's winning a championship or playing, get going to play for one in his first season. I mean, that's something, that's something pretty special. And so I think, you know, for the Braves defense, they have to be able to get after the quarterback because the last touchdown that Jackson state scored against Southern, he was backpedaling, just mm-hmm. didn't get there, just didn't get home. Right. He's got to be able to get home and, and, and make it a little bit uncomfortable for the freshman. We'll see how it plays out. So for Alcorn to have success defensively, and I know health plays a part, but at full strength, who are some guys that have to step up in order for Alcorn to get it done? Man, I tell you what, I mean, it's when you when you look at this Braves defense up front, it's, it's been it's been so many guys that have played the role. So you, you look at a guy like Cheerless up front. You look at a guy like Jawan Taylor, kid from Jackson, mm-hmm. that's, you know, this is his final game. Uh, Cheerless had a terrific game last week against uh, Prairie View. On the back end, you got Heron, Michelle Heron, and, and uh, Kieran Kinsler, a, a, a ball hawk, a Jacorian Wren. I mean, these, these guys, you, know, you look at the names, but these guys can play and these guys fly around the football. And they're going to have to do that because Jackson State's got a bunch of receivers that can go get it. The Braves have to be able to get after the quarterback, get after Shadour Sanders, make it uncomfortable, and then contain the running game a bit. And then we'll see what happens from there. Absolutely. We will see what happens. Uh, looking forward to this game. Like I said, it's going to be the biggest matchups between these two teams in years. You talked about the crowd. You said 60,000. It's going to be one of the biggest crowds that we've ever seen. Looking forward to a sellout. And, you know, it's not totally out of the equation for these two teams to meet right back up again two weeks from Saturday in Jackson for the SWAC championship. And we alluded to it earlier. Alcorn needs three things to happen for that to take place. They checked one of those things off the list last week by beating Prairie View. Next, they'd have to do the same thing 
thing against Jackson State, and then hope for Mississippi Valley to upset Prairie View the following weekend. We talked about Valley, a surprise team this season, has won a few games and gave Jackson State and FAMU everything that they could handle. But whether that happens this season or not, with Alcorn moving to the West, there will be a chance for it every season now going forward. So what do you think this could mean for the rivalry going forward with these teams possibly playing two times per year with one being for the SWAC championship? Well, I, I tell you what, I was uh, on Monday, I was at the JSU ticket office before it even opened. <laughs> and uh, I can tell you, there were some people sitting in their cars since five or six o'clock in the morning, mm. waiting for the ticket office to open to get wow. tailgate passes, which is sold out tickets, which is not at this point, but I'm sure as we get Friday and Saturday it could very well be. But then, you know, if that happens, if it, if it lines up right to where we're back in Jackson in two weeks, you're going to have a game that's off the charts. I think this game is going to be something special. Right. I mean, because the Alcorn Jackson state rivalry brings out a lot of emotions and a lot of people. Alcorn Knights, Jacksonians, it doesn't matter. I'm a grambling Knight. Right. So I, I, I get the rivalry because Southern's our number one rivalry. But, you know, just over these 30 years learning the Alcorn-Jackson State rivalry, it's it's something fierce. And, uh, you know, you see it on social media, the memes and the back and forth stuff. You know, I don't get into that. But, you know, it brings out a lot of raw emotions going back to the Steve McNair, Walter Payton, just going back, 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 back before me. And sure, and I know it'll be after me. There will be a lot of great mm-hmm. memories. But, uh, you know, there'll be something special here if if these two teams can hook up again in a couple of weeks, but we're just looking to take care of business on Saturday, you know, go out with a two game winning streak. We've got 17 seniors. We're just, we're just trying to win and do our part, control what we can control. And then we'll see what happens because I do think, I do think that that Texas A&M preview game is going to affect things a little bit because you got to play that game and, mm-hmm. and Dooley knows he's got to perhaps save his guys for maybe you know, the, the Valley game in which he's got to win that game if the Braves take care of business against Jackson State. So, you know, this is what this what the SWAC is all about this year. You know, you just can't, like Fred McNair said, you just can't circle a game on, on your calendar mm-hmm. and say, yeah, we got that one. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case. You know, just ask him, you know, because a lot of people felt like Bethune-Cookman, all pencil them in. They're 0-8. We got them. Not quite the case. And then the Southern game. You know, we, we thought maybe we had Southern, and Southern played one of their best games of the year. So you just can't pencil anybody in. And you know Jackson State had some tough games as well. I mean, I think their season really, you know, got off and running against Alabama A&M. That was the one game that everybody was looking at with glass and that high-powered offense, and Jackson State took it to them. And everybody thought, oh, well, the Tigers are off and running now. But they've had some close games, trails lining up in the Bethune-Cookman, 7-7 game with Bama State, Trail Valley in the third quarter, Trail Southern by 10 in the fourth quarter. So Jackson's been battle-tested as well. And so I, that's why I think this game you know, is really going to be a high-energy game for four quarters. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. it. It's hard to imagine in such an already intense rivalry becoming even more intensified, but I think that's what's about to happen. So looking forward to seeing you there. Looking forward to all the festivities. And, you know, again, we thank you for joining the show again. He is the voice of Alcorn State Athletics and the host of the head coach Fred McNair show. None other than Mr. Charles Edmond. Thank you again. Appreciate you. And that'll do it for episode 207 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple Podcast users, rate and review the show. And everyone, 
Follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Instagram and Twitter. I cannot stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. As always, thanks for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag I Believe. Hashtag Pack the Vet. Hashtag Swack East Champions. Hashtag The I Love. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.